Hi, I'm Nora, and I'm at church. The perspective Frank is trying to encourage you to have is that even when your vote represents the party that lost or the individual that lost, how much of your hope is in that and how much of your hope is in the kingdom of, the, of God? Like, God is still on the throne. Why are you hopeless? Yeah, defund the church, rebuild the kingdom. Ain't no doubt, time to wake up because the church walls shouldn't be there to keep people out. Yeah, let's come together, ready for change. Now is the time. We are one unit that is under God. Let's put an end to the racial divide. Uh, I gotta scream it out louder. Let's rebuild the kingdom from the ground up. Bringing unity in the community and keep the Holy Spirit all around us. Yeah, yeah, defund the church. Let's go. All right, everyone, welcome back. We're going to pick right up where we left off the last time with kingdom and voting. Man, that was really good, um, especially the part about thinking about those who your vote can benefit. I think a lot of times we do think about, well, what candidate is best for me, right, and, and benefits um, me. And I, I think it's important to, you know, look up and down about it. I know that the top of the ticket, obviously, in a, in a you know, a major election year it's going to get all of the uh smoke so to speak but it's important to understand you know who all your you know who your councilmen are who your representatives are um you know who your district attorneys are if you have those voting those elections people coming up for votes i think i think it's very important to understand and, and also a couple apps i want to recommend um vote spotter and causes um and, and the reason why i bring that up is because you need to see what fruit these these people you're voting for have, 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 have born, so to speak, right? It's one thing to say, yeah. hey, I want to vote for this guy because he says this, but what does he actually do? What does he actually, what does he vote on these issues? How does he vote? And, and, you, and there are records recorded, like I said, those two apps, Vote Spotter and Causes. Causes used to be an app called Countable. So if you had Countable, it may have actually turned into the app Causes, but you can put in your zip code, your address, It'll bring you up the representatives that it thinks are in your area. You can confirm that, and then you can kind of start perusing through some of the voting records to see if it aligns with what you believe, right? I think that's important, too. Like, I think a lot of times there's a lack of research that's actually being done when it comes to voting. People are just saying, well, I'm going to vote for this party because I think this is what they've represented in the past. Or I feel like they've this the monolithic, like, let's just keep it real. A lot of people feel, you know, on, on, a, on a high level, the Republican Party is a Christian party and liberal party and then the Democratic Party is more liberal and it's more friendly to those people who have alternate lifestyle views and, you know, other, you know, reproductive, you know, freedom, things like that, right? Like, it's like one, one party is Bible and one party is, is other, right? <laughs> and I think that's way, way too simplistic a way to understand it because, first of all, as we talked about in a previous episode, God is not Democrat or Republican. He never loses right? He doesn't have to campaign. He is the king, right? That's mm -hmm. the difference. He's not, he doesn't have a term limit. He doesn't have, he doesn't have a pack. Nobody, he doesn't have anybody lobbying him. He is, he, his word is his word, I think. And so we can't paste these, 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 these shadows that we've created. Um, democracy is not even a shadow. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just a compromise of, of the best, the best we can do The compromise of all of our weaknesses, really. Mm. That's a great Dr. Miles Monroe said that I can't even take that from my own, but he's, he's you know another great pastor I listened to or you know you know the late late Miles Monroe, and 
I think with that being said, one of the things I want to say is we need to have a couple of things. One is we have to have more forgiveness, right? Mm. Um, I feel like what comes along with that is also offense. So many of us, including myself, have been offended by what people have said. Well, I'm voting. I'm, I remember it's 2016, a, a woman I'm friends with, um, and she said, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm white, I'm Christian, I'm, you know, conservative, I'm voting for Trump. Like, I just was so offended when she mm. said that. I was just like, like, and I had worked with her and we had had great conversations and, you know, I had, you know, I hadn't worked with her in years, but I'm saying like, we we're still friends, right? And so I was so offended, you know, because I felt like from what I knew of her, that wasn't, I was just offended, right? And I think what's important is people, she might have written that for some reason. I don't think when she thought of that, she thought of, I'm going to snap back at Frank for the four years I worked with him. And now I'm going to tell him, how, you know, how stupid he is. That was just where she was. But based on our relationship, I took it as a fence. Like I took it as a slap in my face. And I mm. think we've got to not be so offended, not, not pick up these offenses. We've got to learn how to forgive because as, as, as Jesus says, as if you can't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And so I think it's important that in this season that even if we feel like people are on the wrong side, we feel like we have a revelation and we know how people should vote. You got to be able to forgive. You got to be able to not hold a fence. Mm. And you got, and you got to know that people who are sincerely in Christ, this, this election is not going to change that. And it's not a referendum on salvation. You know, I think that's, I think that's really, really hard to stomach. I know because we, we get so wrapped up uh, in, in the, in these, types of events and things but at the end of the day that's not that's not who god is he's he's working towards something so much more than like you said the, than the, the result of an election and 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 again like i believe that we don't a couple of things we don't do enough of one i mentioned the researching you know looking at who people vote for and then praying who should mm. i vote for lord who should who yeah. should i vote for not who should I vote for based on what the preacher said about the kingdom or about conservative <laughs> values or about yeah. God's law or about, you know, what society says. What did God say to you? What did he say, man? God, tell me who, should I vote for, who, I should, who I should vote for, right? Who should I, you know, mark on that ballot, each, each ballot, right? You should, and and the one, thing, one of the things I want to say is if you haven't voted already, right, but you should be looking again down ballot and researching and, and, and learning who you should vote for in each office. Cause I, I will say this, I believe the, 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 the main top of the ticket is important because I believe sentiment is important. I believe that there's a sentiment that has happened with the current administration that wasn't there before. And so I know why people say, Oh, the local elections matter more. They do, but I believe sentiment nationally matters. And mm -hmm. so I, I feel like it's all important, but I feel like, you should know who you're voting for in all ways. And I think it's easy. A lot of people kind of have figured out the president, right? You might actually know. You've got to, might already have given you who you should vote for for president. And, and, and I'm saying, I'm not telling you to, to change it, stick with that. But you need to go through every other race, every other question, every other thing, and make sure you're putting a kingdom response on that as well. Make mm -hmm. sure you're understanding that. Because a lot of times people will do the president and then just check, you know, do it what they call abacadabra, you know, when you just guess on multiple choice and just, <laughs> just kind of vote for, vote for whoever. Or they're and, down, or they're down right, ballot, right. down ballot with one particular party, you know? And, yeah. And, and that's irresponsible, at least at a level of, at least do research. Don't just go with a full, you know, I, I don't believe that any party provides 
salvation. So I understand, I'm not, and I'm not here advocating saying, hey, if you feel like you need to vote Democrat, do that. If you vote Republican, do that. If you vote some of both. But what I'm saying is be informed and, and let the spirit inform you. God wants to be involved in, in all your decisions. He's not, it's not, it's not, he's not too busy and he's not saying that's not important. It is important. Every decision that you can involve God in is a good decision, right? You will end up making a better decision if you involve God in that decision. And I think that's an important thing to take into this season is if you're not sure, man, pray on it. Pray on it, right? Like, like there, like there's don't don't go to Facebook. Don't go. It's like go to God. He has a vision, a reason. Be obedient to what He's asking you to do in this season. You know, I think that's the most important thing. What is He asking us to do? Because, like you said, faithful Christians will vote for Joe Biden. Faithful Christians vote Donald Trump. Some Christians, some Christians won't vote at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like you're gonna get a little bit of everything. Um, some faithful Christians will vote for Kanye. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'm going too far. But I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The, the Jesus walks party. That's the party. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, just, just, just God wants to be involved in all our decisions. And so um, I think this is a time mm. to, um, you know, one of the guys, I, I, know, I don't know if you listen to this pastor, but Judas Smith, uh, you know, you know, yeah. Smith, right? yeah, I know Judas Smith. I, yeah. I, I like him. Right. And I really like him because he's so honest. He's such an honest guy. Like, I mean, I love when he prays at the beginning. I've watched, you know, probably a dozen, a couple dozen of his sermons. And he says stuff. He's like, Lord, and I just pray that the Seahawks just have a good game today. I just need <laughs> and, and, and people say, oh, you shouldn't pray for sports. But you know what? If that's what he likes, if that's his team, there's nothing wrong with asking for God's favor. That God can ignore it, <laughs> right? But if the Seahawks win and Russell Wilson has a big game, hey, God, I, I just I just think we have to be more understanding of who God is and, 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 that, and what he wants for us. And that, honestly, this political stuff is, is I'm not saying it's no more important than a sports game to him, but what I'm saying is it, it has as much lasting consequence as the outcome of a sports game eternally. And I think we have mm -hmm. to look at, and, 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 and I'm not rewriting saying elections don't have consequences. I'm not saying that. So don't listen to this and say, hey, Frank said that it's no more important than voting than, you know, who wins the All-Star game. No, that's not what I said. What I'm saying is so God is sovereign. And so in the grand scheme of things, the 2020 election, 2016 election, the 2024 election, this is no more it has no more referendum on, on what God, who, on what God is and who he is than, than like you said, the NBA finals. Right. Yeah. But there are decisions that we need to make in that context for our own story, for our own obedience, for our own story that God is writing and authoring within us. So I think it's important that we, we take that in mind, take that to heart. So. Yeah. And I, um, just to break that down theologically for people, I, I think it's really important to say it, to, 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 to just really encourage people to say, look, I think it's funny to think about Judah praying for the Seahawks. Maybe that's actually what's got him so good the last few years. I need to maybe start praying for my Packers a little more. But, um, but uh, I, I think theologically in, in the real world here, just to, just to be real, the perspective Frank is trying to encourage you to have is that even when your vote represents the party that lost or the individual that lost, how much of your hope is in that and how much of your hope is in the kingdom of the of God? Like God is still on the throne. Why are you hopeless? Now, if your hopelessness is I'm seeing so much injustice around me 
And I think this candidate is going to continue to have injustice grow in our world. And I don't think God wants to see that. Um, God joins you in that suffering. God joins you in that reality. Um, this isn't disconnected from who God is or that God doesn't care about it. But God also calls you to say, um, gain a vision for um, heaven coming to earth and you being an agent of that, even amidst all of the circumstances in your world. So you had a vote, you voted, you did your part, you tried. <laughs> um, I can still work through a corrupt administration. I can still work through a corrupt church. I can still work through a corrupt leader. Um, uh, we're currently in a series on Moses. God is using a murderer to set his people free. Uh, somebody who says, I can't speak. I shouldn't be the one talking to Pharaoh to set his people. Free. Like God can use broken systems, broken people, people that are even corrupt um, for his purposes. Now that's not to say God is advocating for those people or desires for those people to be in those positions or places, but it's just to say, Let's acknowledge God's power and our power and never think that our vote has so much power and influence that it can outdo what God can do uh, in our world. So, for example, when 2016 happened, some, some Christians will say like, well, God wanted Trump to be president. I say, well, Americans wanted Trump to be president, but God is still on the throne. And that's what sovereignty, God's sovereignty looks like to me. I don't necessarily think God is advocating for or... or um, <laughs> willing any of this to happen necessarily, but I think God can work with the circumstances handed in any situation where our freedom, our free will, whatever that looks like, whatever the free will slash sovereignty debate looks like, and we'll never really know how much free will we actually have and how much God is actually pulling the strings, right? But in my estimation, whatever we think about that, never forgetting that like our hope rests in God, even as we mourn, this is where like, even as we vote and we're aware of the conflict of our vote and the kingdom of God and the, the differences, that the practice of lament is something that we do not do well as an American church, that ultimately you have a long history of the psalm, psalmists and even a whole book called Lamentations of lamenting while still acknowledging God's um, sovereignty, God's control, God's power, our connectedness to God as our King. Um, and recognizing back to even before Israel had Kings that God multiple times tells them, you don't need a King. I'm your King. Look to me as your King. You don't need a King. I'm your King. God relented and even allowed them to have Kings when ultimately he was asking them to see him as King. So like there's a long history of us deciding to look to people instead of God and God even saying, you know what? It's missing the mark, but I'll let you have it. I guess let's just not make that same mistake. Let's continue to see God as our King, um, even amidst all the brokenness of our world. And so I think there's this reality of both and here where we see God as our King and we advocate for kingdom values in our world and 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 ultimately heaven coming to earth in our world both of those can be true so let's put our hope in god first and also advocate for change in our world yeah 
Man, I really like how you do the both and. I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna steal that from you <laughs> um, because I think that's so important. I think that we get so caught up in the either or, and that's what's got us bent out of shape right now in this election season. Is man, it's got to be this guy or that guy, and if you're if you're doing this, then it can't be. And I think that that's just the wrong thing. I think that we've really got to. Um, understand that, that God is sovereign, Underst- really understand God's sovereignty. And I think even what you said about something very, 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 very important, God working through broken systems. And I think that we sometimes we read the Bible and instead of looking at it as, as a real template of how life should work, we kind of read it as like, okay, it's that happened, but we want this to be perfect. And and so mm. you read about Jeremiah, right? You read Jeremiah and you think about Jeremiah to Jeremiah's prophesying saying, man, 70 years going to Babylon, I mean, you'll come back, but it's God has spoken. It's going to be 70 years. And he had a false prophet saying, no, 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 It's only going to be a couple of years. And like the, there's a scripture where Hananiah breaks the yoke around, um, you know, Jeremiah's neck trying to mock him, basically saying, oh, it's going to be all good. And then he's like, uh, yeah, that's not really how it's going to go. In fact, it's going to be an iron yoke around you. And, you know, it's not going to be, you know, you're, so I guess what I'm saying is even in that God was saying, go ahead and go to Babylon. You're going to be fine. Like, you know, you're messed up. I'm still going to bring you back eventually. Those of you who are there, all of you won't make it back because it's going to be 70 years, but I will bring your children back. But while you're there, just, you know, relax, get married, have some (laughs) wine, you know, watch the game, you know, watch the Lakers in the heat, you know, Um, and, 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 and just live, you know, and, and you think about what he did during that time. You think about, you know, um, you know, the way he worked in, in that time when, when they were in, you know, they were able to come back and rebuild the temple right after being in exile. God worked all those things out. And so it happened in a broken system under kings that didn't even believe in God, right? And yeah. so I think that that's the most important thing to understand is that God doesn't care if the leader of the country believes in God, like I'm not saying he, he I'm, sure, I'm sure he would like that. But what I'm saying is that's not a prerequisite to him moving. No. Yeah. And doing stuff. And I think that's really, really important that we understand that the same way he worked through uh, Nebuchadnezzar and uh, Xerxes and Darius, these men who did not believe in God. Right. But things still happened. Things still moved. God was still recognized. He was still sovereign. We have got to have that same mindset now. Like, so- so, so, so part of what could really inform that Frank is there's a, um, there, there's a lot of pastors I follow that are, that, that even say like, we should see ourselves as followers of Jesus in the 21st century as exiles in Babylon. That, that, that's hard because if you know the scriptures, um, that, that, that may be a hard perspective for you to have about America um, but ultimately we're not in the kingdom and we've kind of been sold this idea that America is a Christian nation and we're in the kingdom of God here in America. And we're in essence, almost better than others. And that, 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 that view of our positioning being better than sometimes, um, I think causes us to miss the kingdom and to put more of our hope and our privilege and our position than in the kingdom. And so seeing ourselves even as exiles waiting, waiting return to the true kingdom, that practice alone can be super valuable for us to say, well, then what of the here and now? 
I can only transform Babylon so much. Ultimately, I need to go home. Like, that's the goal here. Um, when we think of it that way, and this isn't to say that we should not be concerned about shalom in our world right now in the here and now, but it is to say we should also have a vision for something greater than the here and now. And I'm speaking, by the way, only to Christians. Um, I don't think this is a, a political perspective that anyone other than Christians should have. I don't believe in a theocracy. I don't believe in that. I guess I'm just saying like, if you're a Christian wondering how to vote and also maintain kingdom values, I think part of that is also recognizing I'm just visiting. Like this isn't my kingdom. I'm visiting someone else's kingdom, not mine. Uh, and, and, and that alone can really help you like say, uh, I maybe need to check how invested I am in this kingdom. Like I, I maybe need to check like how much uh, skin I have in this game and maybe not in the kingdom that ultimately matters the most. Um, and uh, yeah, so it might be really good for homework. Let's give some homework on this podcast to just read some of what Jesus says about the kingdom. Like be in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John leading up to the election. Like read the Sermon on the Mount going into the election. Read the parable of the sheep and goats in Matthew 25 going into the election. Read some of these passages that ultimately are Jesus speaking about the kingdom of God. It is like this in the kingdom of God. It is like this in the kingdom of God. Because that's the kingdom we're committed to. And so we bring those values into our present kingdom of America. And, uh, and, and that's ultimately how we maybe can best vote. And I say that with all humility, because I ultimately at times still also think I have no idea how to vote. So. No, man, that was, that was really good. Um, I think if you actually said that at the beginning, we would have just wrapped up the whole podcast, right? Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, no, I, I really, I really like that. I really like the idea of being um, exiled and realizing that we're, we're here. We're not here. This is not going to be the finished work, what mm. we're doing here. And I think that's something that we almost have a referendum. We feel like, like you said, voting here to make the finished work instead of understanding that the last thing i'll say is and, and this is this is something that you know pat another pastor i watched uh, pastor michael todd transformation church shout out to them they he he always says he said people don't die from sin they die from unbelief and so i think whatever whatever we do regardless of voting this is even going outside of voting we got to make sure we set an example for those people who we feel like are in sin or in a certain position as Christians and realize that it's not our job to judge them, but to show them how much God loves them so that they yeah. would believe because to condemn them does nothing because we are, we have all fallen short and we are all unworthy. But the difference is Christ became sin. Mm. Like, right. I think sometimes that's not understood. He became a sin offering the same way people were sacrificing bulls and rams and doves and all this other stuff he became that sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice so that we could no longer face the penalty by proxy now, right? God sees us. He see, I mean, he sees Jesus instead of seeing us and our, and our unrighteousness. So as long as we believe, then we're in, right? That's really what it comes down to. And can we, so, so can we share that with people, how much God loves them? I think that's the main thing. Rather than telling people how wrong they are and how sinful they might be, 
if you let somebody know how much God loves them, that would cause them to turn away. Really, that's what stops you from sinning, right? Like anything that I've ever, that I was wrong or wrong thinking or wrong doing, it was always because, you know what? God, he, he, he done too much. I don't even want to do that. Like for what, why am I doing that? Why am I going after that, that, you know, that lust, that, that whatever that thing is, I don't need that. And so I think that's what we need to carry with us in this, into this season and beyond election season, right? Because it's not like the world ends after election. We need to understand how to bring people into the kingdom after this season, because there's going to be, there's going to be need of healing. Because there's one, we already know one side is going to be one way on the other way. And, and what I want to say is if you, if the candidate you vote for wins, please show some humility. It's not the same thing as it's not the same thing as if your team wins in a basketball game. You can troll and do that. Kind of stuff. That's fine. <laughs> but this is this is a real thing where you need to be an example. Yeah. Posting scriptures about reaping, sowing. Just be a be 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 mindful. Be be empathetic. Right. Have have empathy on people who, even if you feel like they're misguided. God still has pity and mercy on the broken heart. There are people really going to be upset. And it's not time to revel in that because you thought you were right. And so I just want to leave people with that as well to have, yeah. um, ha have that kindness in your heart after this election, whatever side you're on, winning or losing, realizing that we already won, right? He said, I've be even he said, you'll, you'll face many troubles. But take heart, I have conquered the world. So mm. this election is not anything near that. So let's keep that in mind. So again, I want to thank you, uh, you know, Pastor. That was really some great stuff. Again, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, um, Radio Public. We're on a lot of major platforms. So def definitely check us out. Find us. Give us a rating, five stars. Leave a comment. We appreciate that. Uh, we just want to encourage you to be safe. During this election season, uh, you know, don't get caught up in anything other than, you know, just just be in, in prayer. As the pastor said, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, read the Gospels, get a heart for others, right, and their perspectives and really work on that. And again, we want to thank you guys. We love you. We wouldn't be able to do the show without you. So we want to thank you guys. Be safe. And we'll see you very soon on the episode of Defund the Church. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe and iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and other major podcast platforms. And also, don't forget to visit defundthechurch.com where you can find news and information on how to support this movement and rebuild the kingdom. Mm -hmm.